39 of Book Off Banter. I am so excited to introduce our new co-host. Hello, I'm so excited to be here. I really appreciate and I've taken on board so much feedback that I've had from everybody Um, and we would really like that to continue. We really want to hear what you're enjoying, what you're not enjoying, things that you'd like to see, you'd like us to cover. Um, We want to hear all of that so please give us as much feedback as you can. Um, We are going to go on to our news which obviously is I'm sure going to be riveting. <laughs> what have you been up to? Oh, um, okay. Me first. Um, I, not a whole lot of anything. I have. I've just been a bit like mopey for the last probably few days again due to the global news. Um, but I have kind of got my shit together a little bit, and I decided that if I couldn't really make any plans for anything at the moment, uh, that I should just get on with trying to enjoy what what I very I'm very fortunate to have. So I uh, jumped my little bay horse, my old marriage today for the first time since last year, and I had so much fun. So that really cheered me up. We are very busy calving. Uh, every time I turn around at the minute, it's a cow calving, which is like really exciting news for horse people. Uh, but other than that, uh, really not very much. My child has gone back to school, which has given me more time to do things with the horses, for which I'm hugely grateful. And then, oh my god! So like Henry went back on Monday so we're recording this Tuesday um and I got like really anxious and like oh my goodness I don't know if this is a good idea not about the COVID thing just about I think it felt like his first day at school all over again that like relinquishing of control but then like when he's back I'm like oh actually I can like lunge and I can do this and I can... so yeah I'm all about that obviously horses always like it spins straight back around so that's kind of motivated me I've booked Bougie in to be broken. Um, so he's going to go away to a friend and be broken. And Pancake is going to my trainer. So he's been booked in um, to get fit. And yeah, so that's really nice. I feel a little bit more like positive to have some horsey plans. But same as you, I'm like, I'm keeping it kind of guarded with where we'll go, like competition wise, I think with obviously the virus at the minute, like, I don't know that that'll compete straight away or I think we'll see how it plays out, you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, even for myself, like you kind of, this time of year, you know, be going to training shows and stuff and they are still running and our children big association of today issued, um, not even guidelines, actually just like sanctions in terms of people coming back in from the continent, that they won't yeah. be allowed to compete at national shows for the night with the horses for the next four weeks um, and that everything is being checked and double checked so that they can keep a track and keep a record, which I think is really, really brilliant. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, certainly uh, helps to promote confidence um, with everybody who is based here at home. I'm way it's hard then, like this than I was about COVID for sure. Yeah, same. Oh my God. Same, same. Especially <laughs> when you see some of the footage coming out of, out of Spain. And, yeah, no, it's, it's difficult um, to stay motivated then when you haven't got a, you're not even planning to go away schooling or something it's kind of yeah. stay motivated my only other news is um I, I shouldn't really be admitting this to people um and I promise I'm going to stop talking about babies soon but I got my date for my section today and I wanted the Friday so I'm like my due date is the Saturday and I wanted the Friday um like the week before because it fits in much better with Ben's work <laughs> because if I had the Monday he's then going to be because he's not if once he goes in the hospital he's not allowed to leave so then he's probably going to be there Monday Tuesday Wednesday and so I was like that's really not going to work very well for his customers um so so I was trying to express to the midwife that actually from like a farrier perspective the Friday would be a lot better and can you believe that she didn't get on board with that? It's, it's such a horsey person thing. It's the same with injuries, isn't it? Like, oh, well, you need to have four weeks off of this. You're like, I should look, you know, a few days, I'll be fine. So it's obviously a follow through to ha- having a due date for a baby. It's like, it's not, I'm sorry, but no, it's not going to work for me. Like, you know, we've got plans, we've got stuff going on. We, you know, can you not just divvy the schedule around a bit? I was like really kind of like <laughs> sulking about it. Like I was really pissed off, like... <sighs> right well I suppose it's gonna have to be the Monday isn't it like well, you know, it's not gonna work very well for us but I mean <laughs> what can I do <laughs> yeah. I'll just move heaven and earth because I have to now thanks <laughs> yeah. so yeah 
that's my only other news which to be honest I shouldn't really be I shouldn't be bragging about because it's a, I don't think the, the midwife was particularly impressed with me so we thought that saying as I completely didn't give Krista a chance on her episode to talk about horses or anything really just plowed on with the episode um, we thought it would be good if she introduced her horses Okay, so with with Ping, because the rest of it makes fractionally more sense if I do. Um, and I thought as a as an additional part of my describing that I would I would just sort of pick I've picked out sort of TV or film personalities that I think are most most like each horse, just to try and make it a little bit less dull for everybody having to listen to me waffle on about my ponies so um I bought Ping as an unbroken five-year-old uh in 2015 um she was a 15 hand strawberry roan she has this absolutely incredible jump very very talented big mover you know I was really really excited to own this like proper horse yeah um it just didn't really go to plan um fast forwarding through a whole load of attempting to produce ping to be a show jumper um it, it just didn't really put a plan she always always felt to me like she was always very cold in the ring and she was always very backward but we actually found out that she's got quite a significant underlying health problem which causes difficulties for her internally when she travels um and it means that her muscles get very tight when she goes competing and stuff so i didn't know this obviously until very recently um but we had an episode last year where we were at a show and jumping away. And um, I went into to my class and I jumped the first fence and she jumped it real big and real backward. And um, she kind of pulled herself up in between the first and second fence. And I just went, you know, I'd been banging my head against the wall for four years with it. And at that point, you know, sometimes you just have to go, look, that's enough. Yeah. I was really, really embarrassed because one of our like leading Grand Prix riders in Ireland was on a young horse waiting to jump and he came over and he said oh well your horse is really green and she look we just dropped the top rails of everything and you can school around I'm not in a rush and I was just I was so mortified I didn't have the heart to tell him that no 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 it's been jumping for four years <laughs> I registered her for, to, for the dressage uh, with dressage Ireland and um, we started doing that uh, and just despite me she was really quite good um, <laughs> I had to go and do dressage with her for a while but uh, she's semi-retired now uh, I, I kind of always liken her to um, to Miss Piggy. Ping is very sweet. She's a very nice person, but she's she can be horribly stroppy. And um, yeah, she's a she's a bit of a um, she's a bit of a diva. Like when a friend of mine calls her Beyonce always because she's sort of she's all about herself and her blingy brow band. But yeah, so that's her. Um, I bought her half sister then, who is my favorite horse in the whole wide world, called little horse called Bear. Bear is like Sarah Connor from Terminator 2. Like if it's in her way, she's either, she's just gonna like mow it down, kill it, whatever. She's she's amazing. She's she's very small, she doesn't have the best front legs. She's a maternal half sister to Ping, and they are like chalk and cheese, where Ping is sort of dithering and not really sure if she should do it. And you know, life has been a bit dealt with a bit of a shit card really with her health. Bear is the opposite, she's got time for dithering, no patience, not interested. We just go, we jump and we do thing and, and she's she's been amazing for me um because i you know my my confidence after four years of trying to get ping to jump was a bit shit and bear hasn't got any patience with confidence issues you just sit there we're going yeah. okay it's up to you don't care um and then last year when ping was um going through <clears throat> yeah another one of her sabbaticals time off in the field um i was a bit down in the dumps and I did what people should never do. I took, to, took we have a thing called Dundee in Ireland. Um, oh my God. It's I, just a dealing website. Dundee is my undoing. I've bought so many bloody horses yeah. from Dundee. <laughs> right? Seriously, it's so bad, isn't it? So yeah, I go on Dundee and like, you know, the universe provides, right? So 20 seconds later, <laughs> oh no, this horse is great. <laughs> I've got absolutely no money, no room for more horses, no time, nothing. But nonetheless... Uh, so get in the car and I head off to just the back arse of County Roscommon. These two horses were in a like bog four miles off the road. And <laughs> the gate was guarded by this massive alsatian. And I was like, what, what is happening here? But the man was very nice. The man was very nice. Uh, these two horses, um, I only went to, to buy the little roan filly. Her name is Rita. I only went to buy her. And when I arrived, there was this really quite nice bay in the field with her. 
and your man like it was just he was just like oh she will take the two of them you take the two of them and I'm like no, dude I was coming here with like 1500 quid tops and you want me to like come back here with a lot more than that for these two horses I can't go home and say this to my husband I'll be shot dead I can't do it I oh, no, no take the two you can pay me whenever you can I'm like oh my god that's worse so, <laughs> I just have to add that these two horses were completely wild, like not halt broken, completely wild. Like the only thing they saw was the Alsatian. So naturally, naturally, the obvious thing to do was to buy them. So I went home and um, I love that. I, I even the Irish like, though can be charmed by the Irish because. I, I always feel like oh, completely, yeah. British thing. Like, you know, I'll I'll be like, so I'm gonna ask him this and I'm gonna like grill him on this. And then and then I got on the phone and they give me a bit of like their patter and I'm like, ah oh, yeah, lovely, put it on the ferry, like that's ideal. It was it's actually very funny because I remember when you you were saying you got the British by um it's a little grey Connemara. Yeah, that wasn't particularly halter broken and you didn't impart that oh. information till to bed until three o'clock in the morning when you had to yeah, I was, that was a grey so cob. <laughs> Fuck me sideways. <laughs> Worse than a Connemara, because when this car set off, God, it could go. You're done for it. It's gone. Yeah. yeah. Get it. <laughs> well, yeah, this situation was just, uh, anyway, these horses have an incredible backstory that I have never spoken about publicly because it's really not worth my life, I don't think. But one day I will write about it somewhere. Um, so uh, I went home anyway, and, and really the only way I could make it work, and this is how deranged I was about it, was I decided I would sell my lorry which I loved but I needed to also do other things too so I was like well I'll sell the lorry so if I borrow the money from my husband but I put my lorry on the market then technically I'm paying him back so it'll be only just you know so so I managed to um wangle the funds for these two horses and my poor husband was like have you thought this like what are you going to do over the winter like Chris these are t- like what how are you going to manage like we're busy and how it oh it'll be fine it'll be fine don't worry about it so I, I went to collect them and the guys situations. Too. I always say, if you're gonna be rational, I can't argue with you. It's just like yeah, that sums this situation up quite nicely. Yeah, oh yeah, no point. I was just like, I don't think you should do this. And I'm like, no, no, don't be silly. <laughs> so uh, the guy said, Oh, I, I said I so I rang the guy that was selling us, I've arranged to go and collect them, and I said, um, look, um, have they had a hair collar on before? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, right. Uh well, I'll bring yeah, her station, put it on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, yeah, I'm not taking on the Alsatian bike. Can you move the dog? <laughs> I mean, so he said, oh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll run the horses down the road into a shed. And I'm like, I'm still not sure how we're getting high colours on these. So he did. He, he, he got a pony or something from somewhere and he walked with the pony in a bucket of meat. And these two completely wild horses followed him down the road into the shed. So I arrived, I sensibly brought a friend with me to give me a hand. And um, I arrived in, in my Jeep and horse box and he, um, the guy, the guy that was selling the horses, he, he looked at me and it, it was actually quite funny. It was one of those moments in life that you have to enjoy. He said to me, um, oh, um, the guy, the, the friend I bought with me was a, was a guy and he said, oh, maybe you should, should get out the Jeep and let, let that guy reverse the horse box in to load the horses because, you know, it, it might be better if a man, if a man does it. Oh. And I started to laugh because um, we have a beef haulage business and I, I have my Arctic license and I drive these things, huge things all the time, every day. Do you know what I do for a job? It's like, oh, oh. So anyway, uh, these two horses are in the shed and um, with lots of other metal and feed troughs and I'm just, oh my God, and I reversed the horse box in and I had to chase them into the horse box. And then I had this brilliant idea that I would try and get head collars on them when they were in the horse box. Um, and I managed to get her colour on the quiet one of the two, but not the other one, and brought them home. And then I had to basically try and halter break these two, like, feral, like, Mustangs, basically, like, Roscommon Mustangs. Um, the bay was quite good, um, but the Roan filly was very wild, and she spent the first month she was with me with a four foot of doubled over blue rope on a head collar that was quite, you know, like... Yeah. <laughs> heavy duty head collar and I was like if that comes off I'm fucked I'll never get near it again but they're actually now both broken and riding and um I'm very fond of them but they're quite funny they sort of go everywhere they Nile on on the one hand it was a really bad decision I I can never make up my mind if they were the the shittest thing I've ever done or the best thing I've ever done 
they have lived together all their lives and they live in a big bed shed together and they go out in the field together and I take whichever one away to do the work with it and then they go back together and my husband turned around to me quite recently and he was like could could keeping horses be this easy all the time like those ones over there in individual stables do they really need those could you not like put them in the shed together <laughs> like I know there'd be no mucking out we could just put in a bale of hay now and again like why are you making all this effort when you can just keep them like that and I'm like oh they're just weird horses just they're just those two are just weird like Norse and all like that so, and so do um, they come really when really you fun. take one to ride it just well yeah so the little roan filly they're, they're like Patsy and Adina they really are them hilarious so <laughs> the little roan filly is um is like Patsy Stone she just doesn't give a shit about anything she's just <laughs> not interested in rules and regulations of what horses are meant to do she takes a direct route through life and she's very cool so she doesn't give a crap if you take away her friend um she's just she's just care the other one is a little bit more unsettled she doesn't like it as much but she just stands there and neighs a bit and she's kind of okay but um yeah it is what it is and they're coping really well and as I said they're both riding away and I have no idea with these horses whether they're going to be shit good I just don't know but they're so much fun they're just so much fun oh my god I really it's, want you to uh, buy yeah, a crack. lot more horses from Dundee because yeah, such... I just love I love the stories <laughs> I'm actually thinking this could be a really dangerous combination because now instead of me messaging you going have you heard of this bit what do you think I'll be like so I've seen this Connemara on Dundee's and what I'm thinking is you could go and have a look at it for me oh yeah 100% no problem I'm there. Unless I'm in, I'm in there. when you get problem. there and you'll be like, so you'll take the six of them. And you'll be like, Katie, you're taking six Connemaras now. And I'll be like, oh, hell, how am I <laughs> going to break this to Ben? <laughs> ben will be like, oh, Christ. collected at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah, just have the big transporter and be like, this one and those five. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, see, because Bougie, he has taken like the biggest shine to Pancake. But what's really weird is they've never been out together. But Bougie is frantic when Pancake leaves the stable. And he has to be in a field next to Pancake. And if Pancake is taken away, he jumps the gate. So, Which is good and bad, I suppose. Scopey, but inconvenient. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm really puzzled because I've never had one that is attached to a horse that it's never been with. They're just really weird animals. They like, just sort of make arbitrary decisions and, and we have to try and keep up. I think even pancakes, like, I don't know you. Like, why do you keep neighing at me? Like, Pan just looks at him like... stalking me. You, what, like, you're so needy. And because Pan started going on the walker, Bougie can't cope because he can't quite see the walker from his stable. <laughs> so I have to tie Bougie next to the walker just so he can watch Pancake going round and round in the walker. And he like gazes longingly like, oh, look at him walking round in circles. And you can tell Pan's like, Christ, this thing's intense. Like, what? <laughs> it's like some kind of like celebrity crush. Isn't it? Like, you know, <laughs> Pancake's not used to Pancake that. Pancake on the wall in a stable. <laughs> Pan's not used to being adored because usually I'm like, oh, pancake. Um, but then by equal measure, he despises Manny, who yeah. has, is like really not, you know, not a horse that anyone could dislike. Like he's fine. You know, he, he's not aggy in any way. But Bougie walks past Manny and like does like stallion, like snort and strikes out with his front leg and like flicks his head to the point where now Manny hides at the back of his stable whenever Bougie comes past because he's expecting like, and I'm like, he's never done a thing to you. Like, they're the weirdest things. Manny's got a fringe phobia now. He's afraid of the thing with a good fringe coming near him. He's like, no, I'm out of here. I'm down the back of the stable. No, thanks. Well, Manny's only got about six strands of fringe. So he's already got that to contend with. Now he's got he's like, got, yeah, he's intimidated. Yeah. Don't you come here flicking your fringe in my face. <laughs> um, yeah, they're just horses are just so odd. Like, uh, and as I said, with, with like, even my own, like, like Ping is so sweet, but she, she's such a dote of a mare. And like, she's always been so good with my little boy. And 
she's everybody's friend she's yeah. always like looking at like the calves in the pen beside her like she, she's like licks the calves and the cows come up like she's hilarious but she gets so like depressed about things and she's you know like it's raining or it's a bit windy or she doesn't like a rug or I don't know she just she's a bit as I said Beyonce but she gets very depressed about these things whereas Bear is quite funny and when Bear arrived with me we kind of just sort of fell into step straight away and in a way in a way that I've only really had that once before with another horse in my life um <laughs> It was sort of news to me to discover that Bear had decided that she liked me, but she absolutely hates everybody else. Everybody. Oh. Blanket hatred of the rest of the world. And <laughs> my husband wandered over the other day. And I forget because like she never puts her ears back. She's never marish. So I forget that this is a thing. Yeah. And my husband came over the other day and she was on the cross ties and I was doing brushing or whatever. And she bald headed. And I was like, oh God. Oh, I forgot that you do that. So they just really are, don't they? They just decide strange things, I find. Yeah. Um, and you just have to go with it because sometimes even trying to understand it can get a bit exhausting. But I love though how you said like she gets a bit depressed because the other day I said to Ben, I think we're going to have to put She's Ohio She's fucking in with pancake. And Ben was like, oh, I don't think that's a good idea because like, I think I've spoken about this before. We're trying to put very few horses out with pancake because he's a pain in the arse. And Ben was like, oh, why? Like, I don't think that's a good idea. And this is the one that's for sale. Like, let's not injure it. And I said, because I think he's clinically depressed. And like, <laughs> Ben was like, is that your official diagnosis? Like clinical depression? And I was like, I yeah. think so, yeah. And he's just, you know, and he's like, he's past the point of like having a rational. He's just like, okay, yeah, like whatever. If he's clinically depressed, obviously pancake will cheer him up but they really seem to get on like when they pass each other and stuff. So I was like, I think they like each other because they're quite playful. Well, anyway, Ben caught Ohio the other day and he was like, Jesus, what's happened to its face? And I said, they've been playing. And he was like, Katie, like, he's got like no hair left. Cause they do, you know, that thing like the geldings do where they just like nip each other's face and they will literally do it for hours. Just like play, like really gentle but they'll entertain each other for ages. And I was like, honestly, I've seen a massive change in his mental health. Like, I think he's a lot happier now. Ben <laughs> was like, great. He's scarred to fuck, but he's happy. So that's just like, we're winning, aren't we? And the other day I came back in and Ohio was lying, just like having a sleep in the field. And I was like, I think he's had enough now. I think he's like, I thought I was depressed, but actually, do you know what? <laughs> I'm good on my own. Like, take me away. <laughs> it is the thing with them though is that we worry so much about their sort of mental well-being and like that sort of thing when she gets really sad about things and I don't really know what she's sad about she's living a better life than I am out there god knows <laughs> um, but like she her ears go out to the side so like there's the top of her pole and then like her ears go out completely like like horizontal yeah and she just stands there like sad side face donkey ears and I'm like Oh, she's depressed again. And my husband's like, what the fuck has she got to be depressed about? I'm like, oh, don't be discriminating against her. She's not my liberal. <laughs> I just, yeah, honestly, I mean, certifiable. I, this week, um, Bear is very noise sensitive. And um, in the field, she she just makes me nuts in the field because she eats a bit of grass and she has to look at everything and then occasionally runs around and rips shoes off. And, you know, you know how they are. And um, I messaged a friend of mine. I always have to write bear with some previews. I once last summer made the mistake of forgetting them and almost died. Uh, so um, I just, I messaged my friend. I was like, I've had this mad idea. And she's like, what's that? And I'm like, well, I was thinking if I put bear out in the field, like, because I ride it with a soundproof ear bonnet, but I've, I've got like a couple of pairs of the palms plugs. Yeah. What if I put her in the field with the earplug? Because if she's sensitive to read like she's no sensitive in the field and I'm like you know maybe maybe that's what I should do and I'm like do you think I'm mental mm -hmm. and, and in fairness to her she was like yes but also no so I did it and I'm telling you so far so good touch wood oh, like yeah good. I don't know I'm thinking well so it goes out with this she's the she's a duct tape it's got earplugs in turn out beats all around it's in a like quite a small paddock isolation booth with its companion beside it you know the lengths we go to I know that was like, I was getting my show jumping stuff ready. I blogged about it like about two years ago or something. And I was like looking at the um, soundproof ears and the blinkers. And I was like, like, why am I trying to get my horses as close to like blind and deaf as I possibly can in like within the rules? 
Yeah, I, deaf blind horse is a quite easy horse. I'm telling you, it's true. People are often like people will often ask me like, "Oh, what can would you recommend about earplugs?" And I'm like, "What?" And I'm like, "Yeah, seriously, earplugs. Yeah. Like deaf, restrict the vision, <laughs> cut out the hearing, and you are good to go." It's true. If it's you true. can chop it's, a leg off as well, that'll slow it down nicely. So yeah, <laughs> yeah they're always trying to do that themselves. Though. <laughs> All right, so it's going to take probably a little bit of a turn now, which we really didn't want it to. The plan was super, super lighthearted episode, okay, for Krista's first episode, like super positive. And I was like lying in bed the other day and I said to Ben, how the fuck are we going to do a positive episode? And Ben was like, well, why? What's your problem? Like, just do a positive episode. And I was like, but we have to address what's going on everything, on social media. <laughs> yeah, like everything then. I was like, we have to address what's going on on social media. And Ben was like, well, what's going on on social media, Katie? And I was like, well, obviously, Gordon Elliott, the whole drama with with that. Then the jump jockey following in suit. Um, Then there was the equine herpes outbreak. All the social media storm that came with that... I missed it, but there was apparently a huge social media storm about Toggy influencers doing a campaign. Um, And then there was the court case, which was resolved after years, um, involving uh, Newton Stud and the horse that drowned in the slurry pit. So I said, like, so that is what's been on social media? And he was like, hmm, I see your point. (laughs) It's going to be hard to put a positive spin on any of that, Katie. <laughs> it's March has been a bit avalanche for the equine world. That is true. Like, and you can't, we can't, I feel like we can't not address those things because they're huge topics within the horse industry. But at the same time, like, <laughs> we, we're going to try and keep it lighthearted. Like, I mean, I don't know how successful we'll be, but we're going to give it a, going to give it a go. Um, for me, like, obviously the worst is 100% is the equine herpes virus. Like, I actually did something which I really try not to do, um, which is I commented on something. Usually I'm, like, massively of the kind of just, like, if it doesn't affect you, just leave it, like, let it go, you know. I'm not about getting involved in drama on social media and stuff. But I happened it came up on my Facebook post I wish it hadn't about someone importing a horse from Spain and I was just like went into like oh my god why have we not closed the borders oh my god like this is it like oh and I was saying to Ben that's it the horses can't leave the stables at all like and obviously Ben's a farrier. So I was like, I don't know what you're going to do. We're, we're basically going to have to hose you with Domestus at the end of the yard. You're going <laughs> to be lucky if you're allowed back in the house, Ben. Um, like you've worked through COVID and I've been fine with that, but I'm not prepared to entertain you bringing herpes into the house. Um, so, yeah. And then like I got like people kind of messaged and they were like, you know, absolutely. There is no risk whatsoever because this is competition horses and that horse wasn't a competition horse and I was like well job defines illness to be honest or risk I was like well yeah but they're gonna share vets they're gonna share farries like and as it turns out this girl I think she had followed like protocols but my point still stands of like I I don't necessarily think I would be promoting currently that I'm bringing a horse from Spain. I don't think that's a responsible thing to be promoting to people. Right now, I feel like the less that is coming from abroad, the better. Like, we were about to look for another two-year-old and there is absolutely no way right now anything from Europe will be coming onto my yard. Doesn't matter what what protocol we follow, there we won't be looking, you know? Because I just feel like it's not worth the risk. Like those videos are horrible. Like that one of that yeah, horse in the sling yeah. wearing the helmet. Desperate. Absolutely just 
awful to see. I just really hope, like I, I saw the island before we had, they'd sort of put the restrictions that you were talking about in place. And I just think that's, that's what you want, isn't it? You want really clear, concise things so that we feel like our horses are going to be as protected as they can be. Yeah, sure. Um, yes, this evening, as I said, the SGI had, um, as our Children Association of Ireland had, um, had issued that um, advisory and restrictions and stuff. And I think, you know, the fact that they're going to be monitoring on it, monitoring members and things is, is really positive. Um, I didn't actually get much time on social media this evening, so I don't know if any of our other affiliates have followed course, but hopefully they will. Um, for sure, I think, I think the situation in Valencia is, is particularly um, poignant for any of us who have spent any time working in yards where horses are being produced or producing horses ourselves for the simple reason that these horses that are dying are, you know, very, very sort of people are getting a bit caught up in the value of the horse. For me, it's not so much, you know, the kind of I've, I've heard it said this week that, you know, oh, we're all losing our mind because these are valuable horses. I don't think it's so much about the value of the horse. I think it's so much that it's more that the amount of, of time and effort it's to find that horse, to produce that horse and to get it up to that kind of level and to be able to go away on these Iberian tours and compete and have what, you know, really good top quality international horses. They're a lot more rare than people realize an awful lot goes into it. And when you're watching videos of these horses, basically at death's door, I think if you have any understanding of the level of, of sort of just incredible effort it takes to get a horse to that level um and then to lose it in that way I, I i can't imagine what those people are going through um and so yeah for me it has certainly been on my mind the entire time um and i know like the, uh, joe stockdale was on facebook and tiktok yesterday being very public about what he's done with his horses that have come back in from spain He's rented a yard. He has one groom with those horses living in the yard. Nobody from his yard is going to the horses that have come back or vice versa. And I think that that's, you know, and, and, and also the yard he did is um, very isolated. There's no other horses around or coming in or out. And it's a very responsible thing to do. Yeah. However, I, you know, not everybody is going to be in a position to do that. You yeah. know, finances won't allow it. Um, you know, just infrastructure won't allow it. And that may be where those bits of risk will come in and it won't be willful or deliberate or anything. It'll just be that we are all, um, you know, we, we already have available to us what we have available. Um, and that's where things might, lines might get a bit blurred because there's just no other way for people to do things. So it's it's hugely worrying. And then obviously we've got Cheltenham on top of that. I, I know racehorses and sports horses don't tend to mix that much. But, um, you know, for me, it's still a concern, a huge number of horses, um, going backwards and forwards and yeah. you know does increase the risk I don't I don't know and that's part of the, the fear for us as well is that we can't find the risk with COVID we're pretty clear on where the risk is and what we need to do and how to take care and how to sort of safeguard each other and ourselves but with this it's very difficult to put a parameter on it right now I think as well like the tighter I think that the rules are which is kind of was my point is I, I would personally prefer like prefer hugely restrictive rules for even so, like yeah. a short period of time because I think that it would give an element of probably calm and also it would protect while we're still I mean I know not everyone but we're still under quite tight COVID restrictions if the horses could also be put onto tight restrictions because I just feel like you know, so many people like trainers and physios, and, you know, all these different horse professionals have really struggled, like with all the restrictions from COVID. And I think the last thing they need is for us to be, you know, free of restriction from COVID. And then we have a huge outbreak and then they're restricted for that. And the other thing that concerns me is if things aren't governed properly, this is when I think social media starts to become really unhelpful like I saw a post on the BS um Facebook group with somebody sort of saying like about should we be naming and shaming riders who we know have come back from abroad and are already entering their horses into competitions and it's really hard because I'm 50 50 on that like should we 
should our horses be subjected to the risk from people being irresponsible? Absolutely not. And if somebody did that, I'd be furious. But then is it our job to police that or is it our authority's job? But then if they're not going to police it, that's when I feel like you get the witch hunt on social media. Yeah, for sure. I saw a post uh, yesterday, actually, one of the, the bigger eventing outfits in based in the UK coming back up and they had horses entered for next week that, I'd, that were traveling this week. Uh, and so when I say that, I'm not saying that they had any, any intention <laughs> with the current situation of running those horses. Those horses just happened to be entered and chances yeah. are they had to be entered weeks ago yeah. before they, you know, before the people entering the horses in the competitions were aware of the full scale of the problem. So I, I don't for one second think that they were carelessly entering horses when they were coming yeah. you know, into competitions coming up out of Spain as it stands now but they it was 50 50 for them as well so some some people were kind of saying you know how come you're entering these horses into competitions and, and all this is going on um and other people were kind of saying well you know just just see what happens and give them a minute or whatever and then they ended up issuing a statement to say that you know they were following all guidelines or restrictions and laid out their plans as well for isolating their horses when they came back so i think people tend to maybe get ahead of themselves uh, i think in terms of their responses at times but at the, as you say i can understand why um people you know it's a very emotive situation i can understand why people are kind of freaking out going oh well you've got horses entered to compete next week and you're only coming out of spain this week instead of giving those people a chance to kind of go yeah but hang on that was as i said we entered those horses for that competition three weeks ago yeah they're obviously not going to be going to that competition now with yeah. what we now know um, so instead of jumping on the bandwagon, just maybe hold your horses a second, just wait. But it's very difficult because it's such an emotive topic. I'm not saying we should be panicking, but I do believe we should be concerned, yeah. very concerned. You um, you did a post about like sort of not people not jumping on the bandwagon with the Gordon Elliott thing, didn't you? About you know that it was nice to see yeah. a kind of measured, and I thought that was really interesting because it's something that like I I'm kind of 50 50 on the like the hashtag be kind thing I think for me is like uh, I'm torn so part of me thinks now that if someone does something you know fairly horrific you get so much like quickly like hashtag be kind obviously you get then the other half of the people who are like you should throw yourself off a cliff like and there's such a like and I I really struggle with both, to be honest with you, because I'm kind of of the like train of thought in general, if it doesn't affect me, like I would never feel a need to say message Gordon Elliott and be like, you know, you're the scum of the earth. In my head, I think you're a twat. That was a stupid thing to do. And I think his statement was absolutely ridiculous. I think that just made it worse. But I would never feel the need to send him abuse. But then equally, part of me thinks like, say like we've covered on the podcast before, like, you know, the Andy Coker thing. Would that have been taken seriously without a huge amount of social media backlash? Like how long would stuff have been swept under the rug? Sometimes I feel like the public kind of outcry is what pushes authorities to take action. Um, yeah, I mean, it, 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 yeah, for me, obviously, what Gordon Elliott did was pretty stupid, um, but he's been pretty quick to hold his hands up and he's going to have to take his punishment now. And that's that's fair enough, but. I was very keen not to get bogged down in that on my own um, Facebook page because it is emotive and I, I didn't want to bring that there. My angle on it was more, you know, initially there was huge outcry and as you say, people, you know, calling him every name under the sun and it's not unreasonable for people to be, you know, to feel very strongly about something that is, you know, offensive or, vulgar or you know whatever yeah. people feel how they feel about stuff um and it's not wrong for them to feel like that and to some extent social media is what it is someone coming along and saying i've seen this thing and it was really really terrible 
well, there's nothing wrong with that. That's just their opinion. Where it tips over for me is, is you know, into a hate campaign or into a, into a lynch mob. I understand why people came out so strongly against Gordon Elliott on, on foot of seeing that photo. I, I understand why they would, why they felt that way. You know, I really do. Um, but I, in that particular instance, I, I do feel that it got to a point where it was borderline ridiculous. You know, here in Ireland, anyway, we couldn't turn on the national news, like just, you know, the everyday news, not the horsey news. We couldn't yeah. open a paper. We couldn't log on to, to sort of any social media platform without it being awash with Gordon. Um, but very quickly, you know, his first initial statement was, in my opinion, and it is just my opinion, a little questionable. Yeah. Um, but after that, he came out, he held up his hands yeah. and, you know, that that's fine. That doesn't forgive the image. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that he he's not, you know, he's coming out and he's holding up his hands, he's taking his punishment. And at that point, there was a definitive swing around on social media where sort of people were kind of looking at the lynch mob and going, well, hang on a minute. Like, you know, you've had your pound of flesh. He's been yeah. punished by the yeah. relevant authorities. He didn't actually kill the horse himself. Yeah. He hasn't actually hurt anybody really other than the, the public image of racing, which is what, you know, he was charged with bringing racing into disrepute, which I don't think anybody has any question about. Yeah. Um, and I was fascinated by once that turn happened, it's it, it was big and it was fast. And I've never, ever, ever seen that before on social media. I've never seen that before. Obviously, this was a fairly, you know, exclusive situation, but um you, you know we tend to think of somebody struggling on social media and they're having a hard time you know that and people are jumping on a bandwagon because social media does provide that outlet but yeah. you, you tend to sort of think that that's how it is and everybody else is going to just agree with all the people who are having a goal but that's not necessarily the case and um yeah so it's been really as I said I've never seen it before I've never seen public opinion swing around in that way yeah um, I think it was I, like really valid what you said of or... that it was like people kind of remembering that it was a person, which I think maybe yeah. hasn't happened so I much. I have seen it before. Yeah. And people, you know, I saw a lot of people kind of saying like, you know, think about that's a person, think about his mental health. Like, and I think that that is really valid. And I think that's definitely something to take and like move forward with. Um, I think the whole the whole be kind thing is for me like I I just sometimes struggle with I'm like trying to think of how to say it. like I I see sometimes people write you know well be kind like hashtag be, and I think but actually are you you know you might write a post like preaching be kind but. I almost think that's now just the thing they say. Do you know what I mean? That's almost become like another social media, like, and it's, there's kind of, there's needs to be more, doesn't there, than just wading into like a super political thing. And Yeah, for sure. I, I, I was talking to a friend of mine this morning um, and she, she, she's just, she's had a bit of a situation as well. And we were both kind of saying like, I don't know whether it's COVID or lockdown or what, what the problem is, but it just, at the moment, it feels a little bit like social media is a really, really dangerous place. I mean, it always has been, but it isn't always used for bad purpose a lot of the time. It's used for bad purpose some of the time. Um, and at the moment, there's just so many posts about so much stuff and there's people uh, being really, really awful. And I think you're right. Like sometimes they are the ones on their own social media feeds who are full of, you know, kindness and, it's um yeah it's it's a difficult one now it is I think it's really important probably especially after the year we've all had and the what's going on at the minute I think there's definitely going to need to be not just like a, a kind of hashtag be kind like with actually no real meaning no like honest feeling behind it there's going to need to be a kind of a conscious effort to probably post uplifting things like I love when someone posts something that, you know, really gives you a laugh, like, or something where 
it makes you think like I read something today and I can't remember oh, that's going to annoy me but it was just like about kind of remembering why we do it and that and I and it I read it and it did make me think you know about all the lovely things about horses like the fact that you can just go into a stable and feel better just walking into a stable you know and yeah. I think we are going to really need a lot of that and we're going to need probably to be kind of respectful of each other that we're going to have different opinions with say how the the virus is contained and what are the best steps going forwards and and I think it's just we're going to have to make a huge conscious effort to be respectful listen to the other person because like you know sometimes we don't know the full story like you were saying about those eventers they've been entered you know way before yeah. and the so actually there was no intention to run them and but then equally I think they can see like oh look they've seen that our horses are entered and panicked because they're thinking like we don't want to put our horse at risk and I think there's going to need to be just so much kind of understanding because to have reached the end well near the end of a pandemic and basically potentially be coming into a or another one is is going to be really draining on people yeah for sure I, I mean I, I think as I said part of it um with the whole Gordon Elliott situation the way public opinion swung around um you know people sort of seemed to be standing a little bit more in solidarity with with the man the person not the act and yeah. I think that template kind of applies in other areas as well, especially when it comes to social media use. Like when it comes to sort of trying to keep ourselves safe and our families and friends safe and, our, and now our horses safe, we really all kind of need to be trying to roll in the same direction. I don't believe that everybody is in the same boat because some people with COVID have suffered horribly and lost yeah. horribly. And some of us have not. Some of us yeah. have been very fortunate that our businesses continued on effect and we able to easily isolate ourselves yeah we're not all in the same boat but we are all still fighting the same fight and we all still need to try and row together for a good outcome as best we can and that means you know trying to be conscious of either ignoring things on social media or addressing them or you know continuing to sort of try and keep everybody a little bit more together a little bit more solidarity and a little bit more compassion for each other and accept that in the end, what we want is as many people and as many horses safe for as long as possible on the flip side of all of this. And we can't do that if we are continuing to pull each other apart online and fight. And it's just not possible. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're sorry that what that really was. <laughs> I mean, we didn't we didn't have anything to work with here. Like, how were we supposed to put a positive spin but then how do you not address absolutely enormous news in the horse world like I, I want you to know that we were stuck here between a rock and a hard place <laughs> I was trying not to be boring and you kept saying keep it light-hearted <laughs> okay and the universe is like oh hang on wait oh have, have some bad things to talk about instead yeah, well that was like even Ben when he was kind of like you know well, what news and then I like reeled it all off and he's like oh yeah that's gonna be tricky so we will hopefully next next uh, episode we're gonna have really light-hearted things um hopefully <laughs> loads of positivity but obviously that wasn't ideal so we're gonna do wanker of the week that was the other thing I mean like the last few wankers of the week I've had I've been like I've been so fucking stupid. And I was like to Ben, I don't think I've done anything stupid. Like, I need a good wanker of the week because the fucking episode is now heavy as hell. So like, at least I need a fucking wanker of the week. And he was like, you must have done something stupid. I was like, I don't think I have. I mean, I probably haven't. I've forgotten it. But so I was like, what am I going to do? So, um, he he reminded me of one. I was like, do you know what? Okay, I'll use that. So this isn't me. This is um. So we we had some work done on one of the barns, and um, the guy the guys who did the roof um, they like missed something on the guttering or some shit like that, some problem with the guttering. 
so we waited two months as you do you know for any any work that you want and wait two months for this to be repaired and they the guy who runs the business they're, they're like an hour away waited until we had a good amount of snow which basically stopped any vehicles coming in or out of our drive because we we've got a really long drive and it's got a really steep hill kind of like down and then straight up nobody can get out this valley thing if you get in it so he sends two guys in a transit van which obviously are known for their fantastic grip in the ice and snow um so they drive an hour get up here and then I saw a man walking up the hill. <laughs> we didn't even know they were coming. Like we hadn't heard anything from them for months. This guy's, and I'm like, who the hell is that? And he said, we're stuck. And I was like, well, yeah, you would be. Like, <laughs> have you not noticed it's snowing? And he was like, have you got anything you can pull us out with? And like, I think obviously because it, it looks like a farm, like they assume we're going to have like a tractor or something. But I was like, no we haven't got anything at all. And he was like, not like you haven't got a tractor or anything. I was like, no. Oh, right. I don't know what we're going to do. What, what do you think we should do? It's like, literally, I've got no idea at this point. Um, we don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Get a newspaper because you're probably going to be there a while. Like, So the next thing was I saw them carrying all their equipment up like the hill is steep up this steep hill, like half a mile, all this roofing equipment. So their boss had told them that they would have to wait for him <laughs> to come and retrieve them, leave the van abandoned. He would come and get them. Um, and in the meantime, they might as well make themselves useful and fix the guttering. So they carry all this stuff up. I've got no idea like what's broken, what's not. Like I'm not interested unless it's a horse. I really couldn't care less. Um, so they're merrily like fixing away, like, um, and then it was only that night that I was like, oh, the roofers have been here. Like, well, obviously I think Ben was like, what's with the roofing van abandoned on the drive? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was a right carry on. Um, and so they went out and looked at the gutter and they fixed the wrong gutter. <laughs> Oh my gosh, after all that. <laughs> like, oh my God. I, I have to say that fixing the wrong gutter is, is, is almost an anticlimax from my perspective because I was actually thinking that you were going to say they took the roofing material out and they made a fire and then they had to set up camp in the hollow in the drive and they couldn't get out for days and you had to send us things burned. They always think, like, I get, do you get a bit awkward? Because I'm a bit like, I don't really want to like, have you staying with me? Like, how long are we going to have you for? Like, I it was seriously, yeah, like, come in. And then that's it, like, it for a month now. They're still here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, like, it gets a bit awkward. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, that's, that's, oh my goodness. And did they come back and fix the no. things fixing? Or no. Has that happened so, yet? No. Because why would you? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> So you've got a lovely new guttering where you <laughs> yeah. potentially had new guttering, but the old situation still old, like crap, exactly. not working, broken. Right. Okay. I mean, Winning. good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> at least that bit works, right? So yeah. I mean, I, like I'm sure I'm gonna have I'm gonna have my own one crew of the week next week because it's never lasts, does it? Me not doing anything absolutely ridiculous. But I do think that that was that was a particular. I said to him. Did you not know it was snowing? And the guy, to be fair to him, like obviously it was his boss that told him to come. And he said, we did wonder, but yeah, we like, just came. He said, do it. So we just went grand. Yeah, fine. <laughs> and then we got to A that. A month later. Yeah. <laughs> Finally made it back home. <laughs> <laughs> so Henry, Henry, oh, such a little shit. Henry loves to be involved, you know, with everything, like, if there's something going on, like he's got to be there. So he basically forced me to walk down the hill. Well, I said, there's, like, there is no assistance that we can provide here. 
they are going to think that we've just gone down to laugh at them, basically. And Henry was like, pretty much like, yeah, I'm all about oh. that. Like, <laughs> get your shoes on. Come no, on. That's not what we're doing. So I had to like walk down, just kind of stand and look at them. And then they were like, can we help you? You're right you? off. Yeah. <laughs> can we? It's going to go up here and, you know, fix the perfectly functional glittering and you're in our way. Yeah, oh. The good thing about having a child, though, is you can always blame the child. Yeah. And I was like, I like did not want to. I am not here of my own free will. I am here because he insisted. And at this point, like, I can't be chewed with arguing. So, yeah. If he tells me that I have to come yeah. and stand with you, that's what I'm going to do. Like, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Blame child. That's it. It's not your fault. His fault. <laughs> I mean, look at the positives. You know, your already good guttering is now even better. Um, <laughs> and um, Henry probably learned something about roofing. So I think Henry you know. learned something about transit vans in the snow. Look, that, you never know when he might get to use that later in life. Exactly. Stand him in good stead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, do you have a good one? Um, I do, but I. I my wanker of the week is my, is one of my four girls. Um, so um, my my bigger the big the bigger baby four year old is she's a very nice person, but she is and it's taking a while to really kind of relax into the everyday being ridden. Now she she's not naughty or anything. She's not difficult, but she just is a little bit sharp about it all. So we've been just, you know, doing everything really slowly and taking our time and that's fine. And most days before I do anything with them, you know, we go down and we long rain and there's poles in the arena, we long rain over the poles and over the planks and around the fillers and up and down the lane and, you know, just basically bore them into submission. Um, poor Molly. Molly has a difficult time with new things uh, and when new things are in new places or old things are in new places. Um, so I had got to the stage where I um, I sort of was long reining her over um, bits and bobs things and I got on her and we did a little hack down the lane that we do every day and then we went down to the arena and in her defense it was her first time ever to walk over um, a, a colored plank as opposed to just a pole um, and so she has this thing where she she's just like a time delay in her brain she's very intelligent but she has a delay system so when something is new she has to go down and she she needs to to stop and compose down and sniff and I'm mean, at the moment that's you know okay she, she needs to do that yeah but she goes on about it a bit like she comes down and she's like you think you know she's really really like oh god oh god what is that what is that and then eventually sort of makes herself you know she's she's break goes down she puts her nose and things but she makes a bit of a big deal out of it. And you, you think then that she's going to, she's obviously really worried about where her feet go. And I'm like thinking, that's quite good, actually. You know, she's a quite careful jumper. Yeah. You know, she's obviously very worried about going over things and she wants to be sure that she's, yeah, that's not actually the case at all. It turns out that um, even though she makes a great big deal about going down to something and having to work out what it is and then, you know, think about how to get over it. When it comes to the going over it, um, the, the, the careful is is gone out the window and i had a really unpleasant episode where uh, we went down to the plank snorted the plank had a look fine stepped over the plank but now didn't care about the plank so put the foot on uh, one of her feet on the plank completely freaked out panic bronched for the clouds because now we're being killed by a plank that we can't see because it's underneath us and this went on for a few days and i really was beginning to sort of question um I don't know me her everything I'm like initially I was like oh brilliant she's going to be a really careful jumper and now I'm not sure I just I'm not sure I'm like how can you simultaneously be scared of something and also then not in any like not scared at all and freaking out in really random ways so I I I have to give her the wanker of the week because I nearly came off her about four times last week uh with the you know Oh my god, Ang. Just I don't know where I stand with this at all. I don't know whether to be um happy or bewildered. Mostly, I'm just kind of bewildered. <laughs> I'm like, surely if you are that worried about it, you'd pick your fucking feet up. I don't know. <laughs> this is where you're gonna have to unleash like the real, like the Irish, though, isn't it? Because it's like your um your post the other day, which made me giggle when it was like with the dressage horse. 
it's like we don't have dressage horses in Ireland like we have horses that won't jump no um <laughs> so I feel like you're gonna have yeah. to unleash yeah. some like so what she could be like could she be a hunter um I feel like there has to be an know. Irish way to sell to sell that <laughs> I don't know I'll have to think I'll have to think long and hard about it I don't know how I'm going to market this horse if I go to probably not now that I said this but she she has a really really good jump she does have a really good jump we've jumped on the lunge and loose jump trends she has a really good jump but she seems to be struggling a lot with joining all of the dots from the brain to the feet and back up again at the moment which is fair enough because she's obviously you know she's young and she's inexperienced but I'm gonna have to put some kind of a thought process behind this now because uh I just don't know. I just tailing that you're gonna have to just go with the guy's method of like advertise a different one, and then when they come, I missed a major trip with my horses because Molly is is completely bay and Bear is completely bay, and they have one white hind foot and it's the same white hind foot, and my <laughs> husband can't tell the difference between the two of them, and I completely missed a trick. Like I could have just not even yeah told him that I was buying this extra horse along with the other horse I could have just been like oh no it's Bear Bear was just over there yeah she's there now uh, but Bear was in Nassau but yeah she's in that one now yeah she moves around she gets around he'll she gets around bless him. he'll think he's had like a knock to the head he'd be like how does she get so fast like <laughs> yeah seriously yeah I completely missed it Rick. Yeah, people See, that wasn't that where I thought that you were going to go with that I thought you were going to be like so what I'll do is I'll get someone to come and try bear, let them jump bear, and then send them home with Molly. With Molly. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, because they'd be like, oh, brilliant. We're going to this plank fence. And then Molly would be like, oh, my God. And then she'd touch the plank and then she'd bronk and then they'd fall off. And then they'd ring me and be like, bear has gone insane. And we'd be like, no, no, no. <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I'm afraid Molly has to... I, I want to j- just make up your mind. You're either scared of the plank or you're not scared of the plank. Be This halfway house thing is yeah. it's not good. <laughs> you, can't anybody, have both. No. you can't have your cake you and eat it. <laughs> no, no, you're, you need... Uh, pick a team here. Show yeah. jumper, adventure, hunter. Pick something, but you, you can't have some of all of them. You have to have one of, one of them. Yeah. <sighs> okay, so we have a wanker of the week sent in which was sent in and I did do on the last episode and then obviously like I said when I edited it I had the worst echo throughout the whole thing so this is coming from Mari Wilson who would like to nominate her dad and she said that she is a coloured pencil artist and she sent me some of the pictures that she's done they're absolutely amazing like really beautiful of horses Um, She said she also has 11 horses. She breeds dressage horses and she runs a farm. So time is precious and she doesn't get time to draw as much as she would like. So her mum had waited six months for her to draw a picture of one of the mares. Um, And she absolutely loved it and hung it in her lounge. Um, But it fell off the wall. The frame broke, but they were like, not a problem. New frame ordered. So they carefully took the picture out. And they placed the picture very carefully face down so that it wasn't damaged while they were waiting for the new frame to arrive. Um, Enter the dad who obviously saw the picture. Well, didn't see the picture, saw in fairness to him just a bit of paper and scrunched it up and put it in the bin. Oh, gosh, no. Oh, that's so horrible. Poor girl. She put, she said, the worst part is it took me well over 40 hours to do. Um, oh no. I'm trying to see if it can be salvaged, but their marriage may take a little bit more work. <laughs> oh my God. That's, oh, that's a bit tragic, isn't it? Poor, poor girl and all the effort and the lovely picture of it. Oh, I suppose when it was face down, his argument's going to be, well, sure, I didn't know. I just thought it was a piece of paper. And you know, from no. his perspective, it was. So, oh God. That's the sort of thing I would do. Like, oh, I hope it can be salvaged. I 100%. You know, have you ever had that where someone's like, where's that thing that like, you know, I, and you're like, oh, fuck. Like, oh yeah, it happens in my house a lot because I'm a bit of a neat freak and I like things to go with it in my head meant to go. And my husband's the opposite. He's right. just sort of a very, he lives very loose and free with things. Just everything <laughs> goes everywhere. And it has happened quite a few times. Yeah. Things just... 
I'm like, you know, when you, you know when you get into the zone with the cleaning and you just yeah. fucking stuff out into the bin and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's bad because yeah, we have this. Have you seen my no? Have you thrown out my no? I definitely no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a bit crap in its picture though, isn't it? Oh, I know. Like it was, an, it was an amazing picture. She sent the picture oh, of the horse, and it, it's absolutely amazing. So, yeah, I poor dad in the doghouse. I know. It, like you can just see. I can imagine if Ben did that, you'd be able to see like his mind. Like, like I need to think <laughs> of something really good here. Like that picture. That picture. No, I, I like. I don't remember a piece of paper distracting you with like cool you know like a voucher <laughs> for the local tax shop or something I haven't seen that but I got you this yeah. oh yeah that's it off the hook off the hook yeah I haven't seen that bit of paper but I've been on done deals and there's a lovely Connemara <laughs> you can ring Crystal and get us go and have a look at it yeah so I feel really sorry for the dad bless him yeah, no, it's uh, it is hard, isn't it? When it he sat there going, "I didn't do it on purpose." No, and everybody in the house, in the house, is just not talking to him. <laughs> so, thank you so much for listening. We promise, super, super light hard next time. I'm going to try and um, get some episodes recorded ready for like when um, I'm going to have a couple of weeks off, so there isn't a break. So we're going to have some guests on to talk about different things so if you could send us your questions and your stories we would be so so grateful and also any feedback we love to hear from you it's bookoffbanter at gmail.com or bookoffbanter on facebook and instagram thank you so so much for listening and we hope you've enjoyed our first episode together bye bye